to Richmond Kickers Weekly. My name is Daryl Grove. Here is Everest Tyler Rockwell. Hello. Hello. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, more importantly, we are joined by a special guest. I mean, hurtful but accurate. Richmond Kickers head coach, David Bulow. Welcome back to the studio. Bonjour, mes amis. <laughs> <laughs> he got oh. fancy in the interim since last we saw him. So learning French is the thing that's turned the kickers around. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Allons-y is what you've been saying to the French. Allez, allez, allez. Is this, is this one of those like sports movies where you all had the montage of like taking French lessons and cooking classes and now you're all bonded together we oui. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do the rest of it in english then right. just for, <laughs> that'd, that'd be good for me for okay. unilingual listeners okay um, all right so richmond kickers 2-2 against toronto 2 uh this past weekend we want to quickly talk about that but we also want to talk about the big turnaround right four games unbeaten after that not happening in june yes. shall we say yes. <laughs> let's start with what happened on saturday two nil up early two daniel jackson goals then two not two equalisers. <laughs> two goals, one equaliser from Toronto in the second half. Let's start with the positive. Daniel Jackson scoring goals. Yeah, um, I mean, he, he came off the bench. I think he scored almost right away. Uh, three minutes. Madison. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, so yeah, it was three. great. It was funny. I said to Mika just before he scored, I said, I think DJ's going to score today. So <laughs> I was pleased with that. Um, can, actually, can I ask, is it as simple as, so Dennis Chin started that game against mm-hmm. Madison. Daniel Jackson came off the bench and scored. Is that what changed the lineup decision for the next week? Is it, hey, he scored, he's in? Is it as simple as that? A little bit, a little bit. I think part of the management side of it is you have to keep as many people bought in as possible. Yeah. And there's a balance of trying to figure out, okay, you don't want to change a, a winning team. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Maxi coped well with that, where just to try something different, having not won in a long time, uh, you know, he was not in the starting lineup against Orlando. Right. Yeah. Um, it was just give another guy a chance, try to do something different. And, you know, when you win and then you win away to Toronto, you know, their first loss of the season, then you win again in uh, in Madison. It's going, Ugh. you know, you don't want to you don't want to change much. But at the same time, you want to make sure you don't lose, you know, that next five to seven guys either. Yeah. You know? So we assume uh, Dennis was cool with uh Daniel Jackson no, started. No, of course not. <laughs> of course not. No, everybody wants to play. I, I guess mean, that's good news, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it, the reality is, I mean, the honest answer is, I remember, I remember being in Ireland going, I hope we win, but I hope none of the forwards score mm-hmm. so I can get it. <laughs> you, know, it's, you know, you're happy when the team wins and does well, but yeah. I mean, that's, that's the hard part of being out of the team. Everybody wants to start. Everybody wants to play. Yeah. Everybody's disappointed when they come off. Uh, but the reality is, is we have a squad for a reason, uh, and you ha- who knows what's going to happen towards the end of the year when you need everybody. Um, and I think we've made some good subs over the last, you know, three games, three four games. So we know we can count on guys, and it's just a matter of keeping guys, you know, excited to get on and make make a difference. So of course Dennis was disappointed. How, how much does communication factor into that for you? Is it like, like, is it just saying to him like, "Hey, it's going to be DJ today, and that's it," or are you kind of conveying to him what's going on, why you're switching it around, I th- telling him to be ready? I think you have to. I think you have to be that transparent. Um, they, they cannot like it, but that's their job. Um, and I'm not perfect by any means. Uh, you know, I was back and forth whether to play uh, Connor Shinoski against North Texas. You know, early in the year. And left it way late. Literally didn't have an idea what I was going to do until the last minute. And he found out by seeing the board. And he took it really poorly. And he was right. I should have been much more upfront with somebody like that who's a veteran. So, so how I, much notice did you give Connor in that instance? 
uh, on on that day against yeah. Texas, oh, like no match day? none. Yeah, none. I like mean, an hour before the game. Or? Yeah, about that. Got about it. that. Maybe a little bit more. Because you were making the decisions too. Yeah, I yeah. was still torn. You know, wow. Ricardo Pepe had, can I? I know. I mean, it, it was one of those things. I think that you're young and athletic, and yeah. do you want his composure on the ball or the athleticism of Wahab and, and Iran? Right. And now I can see how that's a tough. tough it, decision. it was tough, and I got it wrong because we so, lost. <laughs> so, by contrast, um, how much notice did you give, say, uh, Chin that Jackson was starting this game against Toronto? Sometimes they get an idea. You can you can read the tea leaves and. Training, kind of what it looks like, but because um, you set up like a starting eleven to play against the other guys, sometimes, yeah. and, and you make changes just to test some things out. But I think guys, for the most part, have an idea what's coming. But I think you're better off just being up front. Just be prepared for this. I haven't made my final decision, but you know, be prepared to play. Yeah, either way, and you know, at two nil, uh, you know, it, it, it looked good. You know, I was I was it's thinking at halftime, you know, that maybe we can get other guys, you know, get Greg Bame an opportunity. He hasn't played in a while, you know. But it, it, those are hard to predict uh, ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Now, and then the two, go- the two goals, the one equalizer, the, the two comeback goals. Like <laughs> you, know, you know what happened in my head. I, right? yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's difficult to explain. Both of those coming from set pieces if people haven't seen. For you, is that especially frustrating? I mean, Alexi Lalas talks about that all the time on the, sh- on the air about set pieces, set pieces, set pieces. For you, is that something where you feel like that's a thing we definitely shouldn't be allowing because that's a thing we can definitely work on? Or is it just kind of part and parcel of the game that they had some good deliveries and that's how it goes? Well, they're very good at set pieces. So, I mean, it's a little disappointing that we weren't completely switched on. I'm disappointed in myself that I didn't prepare well enough in, in some ways. If, if I had any confusing language leading up to those those moments, that's always frustrating, but it's an opportunity for me to learn and get better. Um but I mean, can I, can I interject there? Mm-hmm. I have a question for you. So, mm-hmm. uh, if you're saying like it's if you're blaming yourself a little bit about some of the communication, how able are you in the moment to process that? Like, if if one of your defenders comes off and says like, "Well, you told us to be here," and you felt like you didn't say that, are you able to hear that in the moment and think like, "Hmm, I didn't communicate that effectively," or do you get angry and feel like, "No, you did it wrong. That's not on me," and then you have to think about it later on? Uh, immediately for the second goal, especially. Um, I, I knew they were going to score. I, I could see really? it. The, the setup was not how I intended it to be. Um, from my vantage point, it looked like they went with a completely different tactic. Um, they being it, your players? Or my, yes, my players. My players. Um, and I was moaning to everybody on the bench, why would they do something different? Like, we, we plan. Uh, I'll interject here. When I say communication, I think mm-hmm. the. The, the typical understanding of communication is what we're doing right now, talking. But I think communication is far deeper than that. It's listening. It's looking. Um, it's just being generally aware of your surroundings. Uh, and you can intentionally or unintentionally communicate with somebody. You know, if if I've turned my back to you and running away from you, I'm unintentionally communicating. You better hit a pass in front of me. Because yeah, every every time you're looking at Daryl, I'm thinking <laughs> first. I want you to know that. that. That's how I feel right now. So it's like, oh, that's how it's going to be Those little details matter and to make everybody aware of it, you know, it's it's the old Messi with Argentina versus Barcelona. He communicates regularly with Barcelona teammates much more than he does with Argentina. So it's easier to to operate because you know what's coming. It's very predictable. For, I, for, for your teammates I remember so you, you came in and we did an interview in preseason. Mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong I think I remember you talking about the importance of the specificity of words absolutely that certain words can have unintended meanings even though you were trying to communicate something slightly different and I want, so if people haven't seen the second goal which mm-hmm. we're talking about it's uh, what 87th minute mm-hmm. 
How do you always double checks? Oh, I, no, I was I was just noticing how similarly you two are dressed. That's genuinely where my brain was. So <laughs> I was wondering if you were wearing shorts. That's why I went away from the table. <laughs> Pink shirt Tuesday. Yeah. I know, I didn't get the memo. <laughs> I feel left out, guys. We're just so re- we just so frequently are wearing the exact same shirt that it's nice to see that you now have extended that tradition the same to Coach Bulo. Exactly. Yes. We get sponsors that say uh, the same thing. Like, no, the same I meant like the single sing- same shirt. Oh, yeah, yes. one, I mean, one arm in each. Or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, we do some twinsies stuff. <laughs> You've taken me slightly off topic. My bad. Um, if you haven't seen the second goal, 87th minute, it's a Toronto free kick that is sort of, um, I want it, crossed is a weird word, but like sort of floated, clipped in. Call served. Served in. Served is a served good in, yes. word. Um, and Toronto, like, win the header, put it past Akira Fitzgerald. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's two two right. Mm. That's what cost the kickers two points. Mm. Um, and you were talking about the um, you thought maybe that your instructions weren't exactly followed. And I wondered how much you, you can tell us about sort of what you'd ask your players to do to defend a free kick like that and what they actually did. I think they did exactly what I asked them, and that's the problem. And okay. that's why I take ownership of it after the fact. And and it, it isn't until you start to talk to your teammates. You talk to Connor. Who's in the middle of it? Why did he do something different? Shinovsky sent back. Yeah, right? yeah, and and not him, everybody's on first name. Sorry, terms sorry, Mr. Shinovsky. <laughs> uh, you know when That's he's, what I call him. Yeah, <laughs> when I me too. Uh, <laughs> when when I asked him what happened, and he said I felt we were in the right position, uh, I got caught. Yeah, and then you go the and went look, over everybody's head. Basically, yeah, right? yeah. So and that wasn't the plan. Um, but it, it's it's interesting. We'll have to get Mika in here uh, sometime because it, it's so assistant interesting. Coach. Yeah, our, our assistant coach, he's Finnish, and the Finnish language there isn't you know there isn't any confusion. You know, each uh-huh. word has one meaning. You know, and if it has a different meaning, it's a different word. So you use a different word if you mean this versus that. So you should teach the entire team Finnish. I, yeah, I know yeah. we're trying. Uh, <laughs> Daniel, Daniel Jackson can already finish. Yeah, they, they greet each other. Daniel boo. Jackson, <laughs> I boo your puns as always. Uh, <laughs> dang, I missed it. <laughs> Yellow card. Um, so yeah, to that to that point, the English language can be really confusing. Yeah, and so in that moment, I mean, there's an exact moment in training. In that exact, exact part of the this field, free kick we're talking about? with the free yeah. kick, I mean, almost identical situation. I reminded them, you know, this is your starting point. We all agree this is our starting point. How you deal with it, it's it's your individual job to sort those problems out individually and collectively. But for the sake of communication, start here in this shape, in this way. Um, I assume we're being very careful here about what we say, so we don't give out exactly what. Exactly, exactly. Okay, but right. it's clear there is there's a plan, there's right. a method for it, and I mean, really, if you look at it, I, I know we got a little bit of criticism, you know, for conceding again from set pieces, but we haven't really conceded from set pieces in a while. It's it's been some time. Um, I think we've been very good defensively, and, and so the plan's been working. I think saying? so. I think so. I mean, you have to tip your cap to them. As well, the service they they put in was exceptional on both of the goals. So, um, but that aside, in training specifically, I said if they bring more numbers to this part of the field, make sure you shift to adjust for it. Well, they took that literally. Bad language for me. They shifted too far and took away the advantage of our initial. Is that why setup. everybody was so close? Because right. it looked very yeah. clustered as it's yeah. about to be served in. And you're saying that your players overinterpreted what you said. Exactly. Maybe one way of saying exactly. It, and got too tight. Exactly. And that's why there was that space to float it in. Behind. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Serve so, it in behind. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. How, how like almost like mechanical is that supposed to be then? Because like, I think like where we play, obviously like at amateur level, it's much more like yeah, well, this is how we defend. We're defending like man to man or zone or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like. Like, do you get pushback on some of those things that if, like, if your players are like, okay, we don't think this is going to work, but it's what we're being told to do? I guess it never occurred to me how much that 
is like you trusting the players and them trusting you in that sequence? It's a really complicated game. It's a chaotic game. It's 22 individuals that are making decisions at the same time in coordination with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, not just your own teammates, but with the opponent as well. And that can cause confusion. It's chaos. If you don't have some sort of organization, if you don't make an agreement between the coach and the players that this is where we're going to start and this is generally the patterns that we're going to look for, um, it, it becomes too chaotic, in my opinion. Um, you know, we, we had pushback from the players early in the season, but coach, couldn't we do it this way? And the answer is always, of course you could. We could do it a number of ways. You know, there is no one right way to play soccer. Um, again, you go back to Ireland, they're very direct. You know, lower leagues in England, it's very direct. You know, the, yeah. the, the top European clubs or top clubs in the world will play with a bit more possession and the ball's on the ground. One's not better than the other. It's just a matter of what your playing personnel is, what your fitness levels are, what the culture of the country is. Um, we We would all love to play like Man City and Barcelona, but not everybody can mm-hmm. but even they have a very specific pattern and, and plan and because it's predictable it, it becomes predictable for your teammates and it's still enough of a chaotic game where that predictability is hard to read from the opponent um but it, without that predictability it's almost impossible to be successful and then we've talked a little bit about communication i wanted to ask you a little bit about stress if you don't mind because we have we had the run of four, like run where there were uh, no goals being scored, not like many positive results for you in those moments. How stressful is that? Not even necessarily from like a job security standpoint, but just if you're going into a thing and like thinking this is when it's going to turn around, now it's going to be different, and then it doesn't turn around. How do you handle those sorts of moments? I think I'm pretty optimistic anyway. Like I go into every game that I play checkers, hopscotch, whatever that I'm going to win. Playing a lot of hopscotch a these lot, days. A lot, a lot, a lot. There's an elementary school near the house. It's summertime. Kids aren't there. I get the whole maybe, yard. Maybe less hopscotch, more coaching. Uh, you'd think that. <laughs> no, this is in the montage of learning French and everything. I, the whole I, team is playing I, hopscotch. I played no hopscotch in June, so I'm going to stick with it. Um, no, I, I mean, I, I want to win and think I can win any game I play. I mean, that's you was in Herm Edwards, you play to win the game, you know, so I always set out to win games. Mm-hmm. Um, I always think it's going to turn. I mean, even even I'm thinking against Espanol last year. I, I'd been on the job for about two weeks. I'm going, all right, we can win this. You know, let's go. <laughs> but um, whether that's naive or not is another point. But, but there's no point playing if you don't think it's possible, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, you're, you're going to go out and try your best to win. Both teams are. I mean, that's that's why you play. But um, we have practice tonight. Let, let me, We're going to try and win the practice. Exactly. Let, me, let, me, let me put but, it this but, way. But I would say, okay, I, I would say yes, the stress comes into it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a professional job. If 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 you don't win, then yeah. then you get the sack. That's that's true for any professional coach in the world. I think um, so. It weighs yeah. on the back of your mind, but it's also something I can't really control. Mm-hmm. The decisions of somebody else, whether they want me or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to think what we're trying to do as a club culturally and and moving forward, we're we're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got a great atmosphere on the team. We're very positive. Uh, you know, we're not far off. I mean, if if we would have gotten four or five more points from June. We'd all be laughing. Everybody would mm-hmm. say, "Oh yeah, the kickers look good." So uh, we really want to talk about how things turned around because there was the the, the bad bad run, mm-hmm. right? With like, no wins, no goals in June, all that. We've we've said that enough times. Mm-hmm. But now four games unbeaten. Mm-hmm. There were three wins in a row before the Toronto draw, and frankly, the team just looks more effective, looks better when, mm-hmm. when we watch. Like we really enjoyed Saturday, right? It was an enjoyable game. The kickers mm-hmm. look good, mm-hmm. right? So essentially, 
what's changed? I mean, I can I can tell you things that have changed. Like I know that it seems like you've changed the midfield. You mentioned Maxi Rodriguez not playing um, instead, Bred and Troyer sitting in the middle. And to me, that's a big change because Maxi's such a possession-heavy player and maybe like drew the ball to him all the time, whereas Braden Troyer does the opposite and he's more of a defensive player. So that's one thing that we noticed. I wondered if, like, if you got any more specific things, like any big things that you've changed that have caused this turnaround. No, I think, you know, it was the North Texas was the last loss that we had. Um, and I think we had a plan for that, but it was a little less clear. And I think from that... I think I wanted to make sure that we had a foundation of defending first, that we were really secure in our defending and really being clear in our roles. Uh, I think the way that our... So that was the new thing is to go... Yes, like, just be just hyper clear. Again, you go yeah. back to, to language. Just there is no room for discussion. This is what each player's role is supposed to do. Uh, I mean, we came up with PowerPoints and animated sequences when the ball's in this area, this rotation should come here. Um, it was hard because some guys were going, well, shouldn't we do it this way? And I'm going, you could do that way, but no, let's let's keep it clear, simple. We're all on the same page. Let's start this as our foundation. Um, I think that's been the biggest key, to try to create overloads defensively so we're always in a position where we have a free player to help. Okay, um, That's been helpful. Um, then, then I think in attack, I think we're going a little bit away from just possession for possession's sake. Um, it's not to say that we don't want to dominate the ball and don't want to have games where we have five, six, seven hundred passes. We certainly do. But at the end of the day, I'll ask you guys a question. What's the best pass in soccer? The through ball? Ooh, good guess. Wrong. <laughs> well, there's, there's, a, there's a definitive answer here. Yes, there when is. When I pass to Taylor. That's the- I mean, I would say the simple one. I'm going, I'm, going, I'm going metaphorical now. Are you looking for a literal pass? It's literally the best pass in the game. I mean, 10 to 9? Nope. It's in the goal. Right? Oh, no, yeah, okay, okay. The okay. best pass is in the goal. All right. And it doesn't matter who has the ball. We may have overthought ball. this a little bit. Yes. Trick question. It's, yeah. it's, <laughs> it, it can be quite a simple game, though. So if Akira has the ball at goal, the best pass he can make would kick it in the goal. That's not <laughs> like... The other one. Yeah, the other one. The other, the other one right? I, I, was, I genuinely was yeah. very confused for a moment. I was like, it's yeah. not, what are you advocating about, now? about specificity. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's about it's matrix, very, very, but it sounds bad like... Bad language, bad language, right? So the best pass would be to pass it in the opponent's goal. Uh-huh. If you can't do that, the next pass would pass it to a teammate who can pass it in their goal. And, and if you think with that simplicity, you know, your possession now is a tool... Uh, to achieve the objective of the game, uh, which is actually a quote on Mikel Alvara <laughs> on his computer. That Pep said it. It's, it's a tool. Um, so w- we watch soccer probably on TV thinking, oh, tiki-taka, they want to pass the ball. No, it's just a tool to disrupt the opponent and, and find an opportunity to pass the ball into the goal. And so we've, we've simplified our attack a little bit to that, that concept. Now, we have very different a variety of different rotations and interchanges and patterns that we play, which I'm not going to tell you. Um, but that concept <laughs> we'll is pretty – Exactly, exactly. But that concept, we're still a possession team. Yeah. It's just that possession now is being used more to achieve the objective of the game, which is scoring goals. Is it is it fair to say that – so I'm thinking back to the first interview preseason mm-hmm. when you came in. Um, you kind of laid out a lot of principles that with the way you wanted to play. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I think of you as, I mean, you're a young coach, right? Under 40? Mm-hmm. Um, just. Just? No, same, right? <laughs> it's coming. We're both getting there. Right? <laughs> um, but you had like, um, I would almost say idealistic principles. Mm-hmm. Is it fair to say that those principles ran up against 
some reality in like the hustle and bustle of League One and now you've had to tweak things a little bit to get results? I don't think so. I, I do think I'm a better coach now than I was last time I sat in this room. Right. Um, because I've had an open mind to get better. You know, it's I've found more clarity in my language over the last six months. And I think that's the biggest change for me as a coach. And right. It's probably, if you'll ask most players that play for me, you know, current or past, what I try to do is set them up to express themselves, to have a lot of freedom. So when you talk about there's a structure, it might seem rigid. Uh, that is the pushback I get a lot from new players that work in my, well, I have to run to this area. I have to make this pass. I have to, or I have to look for this pass. Um, that sounds really rigid, and there's a lack of freedom to it. But when you zoom out and really look at it, I'm just setting up the framework for you to you can do whatever you want, you know, as long as your how is ex- uh, executing the goal of of the game, the objective of the game to try to score goals. So, um, it, it it sounds a bit more rigid, and I don't think I've changed in that sense. I've just been better at my language of setting up that tactical reference, it's defining the area where the players can freelance and can express themselves so it's not a change in coaching it's just an improvement in coaching i think so yeah. i think so um having a better understanding and and exposing the players to kind of the nuance of what i'm asking why the, i'm giving a, a, a reason why we're set up this way and why you need to execute in this way um, how they do it is is dependent on the player you know greg bame and uh Chinny have both played the number 10 for us this year. Uh, Both are very different players, physically, age, quickness, Mm -hmm. size. They're both going to execute those actions different because they're two different human beings with different, uh, you know, sensibilities and, you know, they they interpret the information differently. But they're both trying to execute the same what that I've defined. So now that the players understand it's that simple. Yeah. It, it's it become easier to play with each other. So I think that's really the heart of the turnaround. But if you think about it, I said earlier, we didn't want to peak in uh, April. We wanted to peak in September and October. And I think the nice thing is, is we're starting to do that. The disappointing part is we're nine points off the mm-hmm. playoff spot. So if we were a little bit closer, I'd, I'd feel a lot more comfortable. And so there's still work to be done. Um, we're still under pressure. We still need to pick up points whenever possible. So is it less important to you to have certain players consistently playing certain positions? Because that's the thing that I feel like would be especially challenging is like in, in June when things aren't going well, the analogy I come up with is like my mother-in-law's printer wasn't working this past weekend and I just kept trying different things and I was like, now this will work. Well, now this will work. And eventually Did nothing works. Uh, yeah, it was shockingly that didn't work either, <laughs> even though that was suggested by the help service four times. <laughs> uh, but I feel like like it can be a little bit maddening of like, I've tried that and I've tried this and I've tried this. And, I, and like, it seems like your philosophy is less like, okay, I've got to put this person in this spot and see if that works. Okay, that didn't work. Now I'm going to try this person. And more of a, I know what I want that position to be. And then whoever occupies that role, as long as they know the basics of it, I don't necessarily care about the details of the flair that they bring to it. The details and flair, it's not for me to decide. Okay. That's for the players to execute based on their abilities. Um, it would be... <sighs> I'll put it like this. If we went outside right now and we found a Daryl on the street and brought him up here and said, do your show, mm-hmm. it'd be difficult because you guys have a certain amount of communication, verbal, nonverbal. You're used to working each other. You know how to play off each other. So the more we can keep you two together, the better this show is going to be. It's the same thing for us. The, the more consistency we can keep in a midfield, the yeah. better. 
but you also have to, like we talked about, changing to keep guys engaged. Uh, you know, usually the starting group, the most, the bulk of that starting group will play together. Even if you break it down into small side games, if you play 5v5, I try to break up the left five will play with the left five. So you develop those communication patterns and, and you learn the habits of the teammates that you're going to play with. You can't just throw out random teams and expect them to, you know, to play. Yeah. Well, you know. One thing that really surprised me um, is when you um, – there was sort of a shape, shape change or a lineup change that was very noticeable at the beginning of this run. And – to me, it had, like, just because I'd only seen players say, play certain positions, it looked to me like everybody was out of position. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, for example, the, the, mid, the midfield three for a, for a while now has been, uh, what, Braden Troyer in defensive-ish midfield, mm-hmm. which I think is a natural fit for him, right? Mm-hmm. But then the other central midfielders are Balduk and Moape. Mm-hmm. And those guys that have only seen players wingers. So mm-hmm. to me, it looks like, oh, Coach Bueller's gone mad. He's putting wingers <laughs> in central midfield. Uh, and then Josh Hughes, who's been a central midfielder, is now a left wing back. And I'm, I'm thinking... Oh no, David's in trouble. What's he doing? Less hopscotch. Yeah, too much hopscotch has been crazy. But it's worked, right? So, like, I'm, I'm really interested in that transition. Like, did you, did you take Josh Hughes aside one day and say, hey, I know you've been playing central midfield. How about left wing back? And to the two wingers, Marpe and Balduke, like, have you guys ever played central midfield? Like, essentially, I'm asking, how did you know this would work when it seems to go against common sense? Josh was a little bit lucky, and maybe this is just the instincts of a coach. Uh, we said on Thursday in Canada, or a pre-game training session, hey, Josh, how comfortable would you feel playing left back? And he said, yeah, sure, I'll try it. So, I mean, that was the extent of it um, right. because we had some visa issues with Yvonne and Charles Boateng. Oh, getting into Canada. Getting yeah. into Canada. So we had to kind of think on the fly there. Um, it was a gamble, um, but sometimes you just listen to your gut and your heart and, and see if it works. Uh, it's funny. The phrase is necessity is the mother of invention. Exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, Mutai and Matt, it's funny, a good friend of mine, Eric Dutt, he said after that first game, uh, after the Orlando game, he goes, Mutai and, and Matt, you played him there. That was brave, but it worked. So well yeah. done. Um, I think there was some reflection of the players and a request to change the system to what we played against uh, NCFC, which I thought was our best game. Uh, of the, the season to the, the up, yeah. Open Cup game where I think we really completely outplayed them in the first half and then they brought on some subs and kind of wore us down and, and kind of deserved that win. Uh, we could have put that game in the way in the first half though and it would have been far different. But I think the players said, look, we've gone eight games without a win. Can we try it? This seemed to work. Can we look to go back to it? And so, you know, Meek and I sat and, yeah, you know, maybe let's give it a try. Um, but again, if you base your, your game model on principles instead of a formation, the formation kind of doesn't matter. Right. You know, all the formation does is change where your starting point is. Uh, it, it might change the communication patterns of I'm going to work more with you. You and me, Taylor, are going to be working in this game. But if we change the formation – less likely work with you and more with you, Daryl. You know, so but the principles are all the same. What what patterns we're looking for, what rotations we're making, those haven't changed at all. Um so we could play a three five two, we could play a four three two one, you know, we could play a four two three one. I mean we could and the, the formations are kinda endless that you can right. play as long as the team understands and again I think this gets to the clarity of my language and their understanding of the principles. We can say, hey look, this is no different than what we did before. Um, just you're starting from this position. But does the, the personnel change change the style of play? Because to me, it's looked like, I don't know if you would agree with this or not, but I want to suggest it, that like having Balduke and Mwape in central midfield 
um, because they're wingers, they're a little more direct. They're a little more willing to carry the ball forward than the other midfield three used to be. And it felt like maybe some of the possession that didn't progress far enough has changed because you've got two guys who are a bit more direct playing central midfield. Yeah, I think, you know, Matt, he was a big miss during that spell that we were losing. I mean, he was injured. So I think it's no secret that he came back in the team we started winning. He's been that important for us. And I think one of his characteristics are, you know, he gets the ball and he runs. Um, and, and that causes troubles for, for any yeah. defense. And, and I think a hallmark of what we've done well is we put the opponent in awkward positions. You know, there's, there's defending patterns that the opponent's used to dealing with that they can't, you know. It's, uh, you know, I should be marking this guy, but he's 30 yards away from me. Do I go with him or do I stay? We, we, we do a good job of forcing the opponent to make a decision. And once they make their decision, then we make ours. And they've already made theirs, and now they're – you know, you probably see uh, with, with one of our rotations, uh, it's, it's a hallmark of our success. If we see a center back out in the wide channel defending somebody – center backs don't want to be out there I mean that's that's very intentional if they don't follow them then we have a free chance in in the wide channel you know if if we can drag a center back out in the middle now there's only one center back left to defend a ball that's going to be coming back you know into the central area so our game model is all about making choices and having the opponent make choices make decisions and then we try to capitalize on that uh, based on what they they make so none of that has changed um the starting position in the formation may change, but none of that has really changed. So that's been why, yes, maybe the personnel will change, but our principles don't. And we've been hammering home our principles for six months. And I think now they're at a point where they really understand them. And it's becoming a little bit autonomous now. So, But so then for a player like Maxi, who starts like every game of the season, is the captain, then sits for the Orlando game, you get the win. He sits again. The next game, you get the win. Then comes back, I think, for the third game and is now playing a different position. Like... Does he, does he take that personally that you've dropped him and now suddenly things are turning around? Like, is he able to respond to that, or is it just again the kind of rotation? He knows what's coming. Uh, you know, he's a young player, so he's, you know, he he had two years experience in in the championship with San Antonio, but he didn't play a lot of minutes. Um, and I think he's just in a stage of his learning the game. You know, he's a really passionate, hardworking player, and you know, Meek and I constantly tell him, you know don't play with your heart play with your head first you know use your heart to kind of drive you on but mm-hmm. you have to play through your head first and and i think he's that seems by the way for people who like maybe like or don't play that much that probably sounds incredibly counterintuitive that sounds like what no it's all about heart like you got to fight but no that's that is such wise words that I want to tell the team that we coach that too. That it's like it's <laughs> not right. just about like what you feel you should be doing. It's like now think for a moment and remember what you've been asked to do. So we'll write that down and use it tonight. <laughs> please please somebody, stop shooting from an acute angle. <laughs> just, we've all played with somebody, wreck or otherwise, it's just like yeah. go, 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 yeah. go. And but yeah, they're yeah. they're and they inevitably cost you the goal. <laughs> they're confusing to play with. Yeah. You know, you you appreciate their passion, you know, but I, I like a little bit more thoughtful, cerebral player. and Especially because Maxi's so technical, right? He's absolutely. Like really His ceiling is yeah. so high. You know, and, and we're probably pretty harsh on Maxi because we expect a lot of him. We, we think, I mean, he's 23. In, in four years, he'll be hitting his prime. I mean, he, he really could be a big, big player. He's got the physical profile, technical ability. Um, it's just can he slow down and think the game a little bit better? And to his credit, he took him out of the team. He didn't like it. 
but he approached it in the right way. I mean, he, he said, okay, I'll still motivate guys. I'll still do my job in, in training that I have to to keep the team, you know, accountable. And when he gets his chance, he takes it. So, or he takes it. So um, it's not an easy thing to be taken out of the team. But all you can be as a manager is honest and and give them an opportunity if they do well. So Maybe it was a good mix of head and heart for the uh, the first goal on Saturday where mm-hmm. he chased that ball down, got the slide tackle in that popped up in the air. Well, absolutely. I mean, that's a perfect example of his movement was exactly in line with the team principles. And, oh, because he was and, involved in that wing play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His, his wing play set that up. I mean, it was a really good recognition from him, and that's hard to defend. Somebody running from that deep is not expected. So, um, But then, yes, his heart there to chase it down and, and keep the play going, which led to first goal, I thought it was a good goal. So... Um, those are the type of chances that we're trying to create in a, kind of on a holistic uh, view. Well, we appreciate you coming in. We don't want to take up too much of your time, but yeah, I, I, do, meeting, right? I do want to ask yeah, you before good. we let you go, are you happy with Arsenal's start to the season? Ooh, ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought you would no, be. No, yeah, it's been good. It's been good. You so. seem like you'd be a Ceballos fan. He was really good. Yeah, right. I really liked him, yeah. I mean, good on the ball, but again, with some purpose to his play. So, yeah, yeah he was exciting. Uh, Pepe looked good. Um, you excited actually, for David Luiz in the back? You know what? I was really, <laughs> but, but, uh, what is what is the the in the Simpsons when Sideshow Bob steps on the oh rake? the rake? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean that's what I was. That's probably how I feel. That was the noise I made when I heard it. But, it fits because he's got a little Sideshow Bob vibe exactly, to him as well. There exactly. we go. But if you think about it, he is a player that's won just about everywhere he's been. Yeah, yeah. Um, if and it's him or Mustafi, I mean, it's probably him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I don't. It's, blunders are easy to put on a blooper reel, but I think he probably has, you know, way more positive actions yeah. than than negative. I think um, so too. And he seems like a good character, and it sounds like everybody loves him. Every dressing room he's in, so I think it's probably a good thing. Um, but we'll see. I'm keeping expectations way low. All right, top four, top four guaranteed. Then of is that what I'm hearing from you? All right, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> final, final question before we uh, before we sign out. Let you finish your mate. Um, when's the next game? Um. <laughs> Next game we uh, we're away to Ford Madison. Uh, oh, away to Madison! Yeah. All, all the Madison games are fun. To begin, yeah, right? we play we all the Lansing long. and then all the Madison and all the yeah. Toronto. So. Yeah, I feel like you're both wearing Madison colors right now. That's what's most disconcerting <laughs> I to me. So tempted to buy a flamingo shirt and wear it on Saturday. <laughs> I'm so tempted, but uh, no, I'm sure they'd give you one if you asked. Stanley from the office will be there. So. I know. I'm yeah. excited. We're excited to go back. Leslie, uh, the Red sick. Army is fantastic. They they are really great. Yeah. Um, but Madison, to their credit, has done a really good job of creating an atmosphere. I mean. The fans are right on top of you. Um, it's easier to buy an inflatable flamingo than an inflatable kangaroo. I'm just throwing that out there. That, that does make it slightly easier. I'm on it. All right. On it, You're yeah. gonna, okay, cool. Uh, I appreciate that. And when's the next home game? Next home game. Uh, then we're away to Tormenta. It's not for another couple of weeks. So, okay. Yeah. We, uh, the schedule's been wild, but not all much right. you can do about it. So. We'll be, we can't make the trip to Madison, but we'll be all over ESPN+. Plus. We will. Definitely. Definitely. We'll definitely be there for the home game against Madison. Yes, we will. I've already, I've already begun the trash talking, so <laughs> I'm going to need y'all to keep that one going for <laughs> me, please. Good. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you, David. We really appreciate it, as always, you coming in and sharing us, sharing with us the reminder that we should be buying mate containers yes. and drinking mate kind throughout right. the shows. I think so. Purchase? Probably. Yeah. I'm, go- I'm good with that, if all you right, are. All right, let's do it. All right, let's have the Red Army play us out for the end of the show.